It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show. For fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, Scotty Smith from Synergy Sports in Green Bay. That's where A.J. Dillon is getting in some pre-training camp work. Jordan Love, Josiah DeGuara. So we are going to talk to him about what it takes to train a professional athlete before training camp. It's a really fun discussion, so let's get ready for that. Before we do, though, I said that when this news broke uh, that, that we would discuss it, and it's more than just the news because it's going to have impacts on what's going on on the field based on what we know as of Tuesday night, the NFLPA and the NFL have agreed no preseason games for 2020. The union is still pushing for a longer period between when they get to camp and when actual games are played. They're expected to reduce roster sizes to 80 to start camp, which means 10 guys get cut before they even hit the field. And there is some sort of agreement, according to Tom Pelissero with NFL Media, there is some sort of agreement on opt-outs. And there is a differentiation between guys who are voluntarily opting out and guys who are high-risk opting out. In other words, if you are the kind of guy who is in the, in the position of someone like Demarcus Lawrence who just wants to be with his family and doesn't want to put them at risk, that may look different than someone who, say, has asthma or has some sort of condition that would put them at higher risk if they were to contract coronavirus. These kinds of distinctions will be made, and at a certain point, we will have the full details on what that looked like. As of this recording, those details have not yet been ironed out. This, of course, has impacts well beyond player safety. And, of course, that's the most important part of why these discussions are ongoing. It's why the players are pushing for all of this. But losing 10 guys before they even step on the field affects the livelihoods of these players. 
And there are going to be guys who could have earned a spot. I mean, we can think of examples over the years of players on the back end of the roster. Guys like Darius Shepard just last year made the roster after being a tryout guy and playing well enough in training camp and the preseason, the preseason especially, to get himself a spot. If we don't have preseason, Tim Boyle is not the backup quarterback last year because Deshaun Kaiser was traded to Green Bay. Brian Gutekinds sought him out. And so it could be the case that he would just get the priority. And that would be that. But instead, Tim Boyle was able to get a roster spot by performing in the preseason. There are going to be players who don't get that opportunity, and and we're going to be sitting here six weeks into the season, ten weeks into the season, maybe two, three years from now. You know, maybe it's a Kurt Warner situation where you go, oh, they had that guy in camp, and and they he just got cut. Well, because no one ever got to see him play, and it's already the case that as we look around the league, there's going to be higher variance in draft outcomes than we've seen in in recent years. I was talking to an agent the other day who was saying, look, one of my guys was going to run really fast at his pro day. And he was going to test extremely well athletically. He was going to prove he was healthy. And he could have been you know, a top 50 pick. And, and we talked to, to teams and coaches. And they really liked him. But you know, the injuries were a question and they didn't get to see him test. They didn't get to see him run at, you know, the added weight number or whatever it was. And so that affected outcomes. The fact that so many players didn't have pro days, that is going to affect outcomes. There's a huge amount of variance because we just had less information. And maybe the NFL will be better with less information, less paralysis by analysis. I doubt it. But my point here is, there are going to be players that we didn't think were great that turn out to be good. And this preseason process is a critical part of sussing out who is good and who isn't. So if you don't get those guys an opportunity, you are not putting yourself in position to make the best roster you can make for the regular season. So it's not just that these players want to be protected. That's essential. It's essential. These guys have to be able to play the game safely. And the testing is going to be, as Mark Murphy said in an interview, the most comprehensive in any sport. They are going to make sure that these guys are as safe as they can possibly be. And we've seen the bubble work. We've seen the bubble work elsewhere. We've seen it work in soccer. We are seeing it work in the NBA, at least right now. No one No players in Orlando, in the bubble, have tested positive. So there are these models out there that are saying, hey, this is a thing that can work. And so that points in a positive direction if the testing, if the the measures that are taken are proper, that they can have a season safely. But it's going to come at the expense of fringe roster players. And I think the NFLPA is in a very difficult position because they have a responsibility to all of their members. And there is a large cohort, and we're talking 10 guys on every roster, 300 guys, 300 plus players are going to get cut 
simply because that's what we have to do to make sure that these rosters are a little bit more manageable. And and I understand the criticisms. You know, the NBA released what their benches are going to look like. And it's like, oh, are they going to be playing basketball? So when they come to the, the sidelines, like who cares if they're on top of each other? And the point is reduce points of contact, reduce possible vectors. Every little step is important. So while I think, yeah, the difference between 90 and 80 isn't a lot, It's something, and it's hard for me as an outsider to say, well, players, you should just accept that the difference between 80 and 90 is not very big, and the the risk there is not worth the fact that you're going to make 10 guys not get a chance to compete right away. That's it just sucks. And there and there's really no other way to describe it. It sucks for those guys. And you hope that eventually they get an opportunity to prove that they can play in the league and that they can be in a position to help a team if they are good enough to do that. If they would have earned a shot. If they would have earned a shot otherwise, you hope they still get the opportunity to prove that they are good enough to play. But it's not just those fringe roster guys who are impacted either. There are jobs to be won and lost. Who is the Packers' number two receiver? Who is the Packers' number three receiver? Who is the Packers' number two running back? Who is the Packers' number three safety? Who is the Packers' number one tight end? Who is the Packers' number two quarterback? These are important distinctions. These are important jobs, important delineations to be made because they will impart snaps, snaps. And the guys on the field are the ones who decide the outcome of the game. There is nothing more important than who gets snaps because you have to have the right guys on the field to make plays. Fewer opportunities to see them means fewer opportunities to put the the pieces together, the pieces of the puzzle, and say this is the group of guys that gives the team the best chance to win. That's harder to do with fewer data points. And and you can say, okay, the exhibition season, that's all it is. But jobs are won and lost in the exhibition season all the time. All the time. And guys make rosters because of it. Guys win playing time because of it. And we, we see it every year. I mentioned a number of examples. And there are this is true in every, in every team and in every spot. You have a chance to earn yourself playing time. And if you don't have the reps to do it, if you don't have the runway to do it, that has serious implications for the way these rosters get built, for the way that, that playing time is handed out. And, and that could have potential negative effects on your team, or it could be, in the case of the Packers, as I've argued in the past, it could be a potential boon because they have so little to figure out. Yeah, he's a free agent, but Christian Kirks is gonna start at linebacker. Yeah, Rick Wagner didn't get paid a lot of money, he's probably gonna start at right tackle. Beyond that, we we know pretty much who the starters are. I mean, Al Lazard probably is the the number two. Devin Funches, in some order with Lazard, is gonna be, they're gonna be the top two guys after Devontae Adams. We're pretty sure Jamal Williams is going to be RB2. Nothing after that really matters that much. It doesn't really move the needle that much. We know Mercedes Lewis is going to get a ton of snaps. We know Jay Sternberger, Josiah DeGuara, and Big Bob Tanya are going to split snaps after that. 
So, okay, you know, the Packers are in a better position than a lot of teams who who would need those training camp snaps, who would need those preseason games to decide, okay, is it this guy or this guy? Green Bay has fewer of those decisions to be made, and they're less impactful decisions, but they still have those decisions that they need to make, and they'll have to make them with less information than they would normally have. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft. And you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel. And that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. This episode is brought to you by Wise. Progress is great, isn't it? People listen to music on record players, then tapes and CDs, and now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with Wise, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies, so when you send, spend, or convert money with Wise, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees. And over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now. Join over 10 million people and businesses and try WISE for free at wise.com slash podcast. All right, let's get to my conversation with Scotty Smith from Synergy Sports. Scotty, thanks for joining Locked on Packers. You bet. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So a number of uh, Packers have been at the facility. They've been training, and I want to start with A.J. Dillon because he's someone who his his workouts have been, you know, the the topic of much discussion, if for no other reason than the way he looks. Yeah. Um, he yeah. is in incredible shape. What was your impression of, of A.J. the first time you got him in the building? Um, the first time, excuse me, the first time that he walked in the building, um, I was just amazed at a guy at his size that could carry that weight and look so good doing it. Um, you know, a lot of times you hear 250, 260 pounds. You have this vision of, you know, of some sort of beefy linebacker, you know, that comes through the door. And he just he just carries his weight so well and was able to move so well for, for being that weight. That's what was impressive to me. So when you get him in, I mean, obviously we know – you know he's got the the hulking physique. He absolutely looks the part. If you if you told me he played almost any position in the, yep. in the game, I'd, I'd believe you. What is the goal then with training? Is it foot quickness? Is it lateral? I mean, what what yeah. is the goal then right away? Um, for me, it's one. I mean, obviously I can go back and look at film, which we do. Um, but it's to get to know the player a little bit, and obviously talk to him and find out. I want to hear from the players first and find out what things they want to work on, right? So what are the things that I, sure. I really make them kind of self-evaluate? So if you could do anything, what is, what is it that you would try to work on on your game and go from there? Because especially with young guys coming out of college, 
uh, you know, they don't really have the opportunity to do that. They kind of just got to do whatever is part of that college regiment, um, you know, of 80 plus college players. So this is a lot of times for these guys, some of the first times that they can actually fine tune their game. So we'll do that. And then really some of it for me is just having them go through a variety of movements so that I can personally get my eyes on them and see them move. And then it's a mixture of what they want to work on with a mixture of what I see might be a dysfunction in their movement pattern um, or a weakness that I see. And then we kind of mesh those two together. So for, so for AJ, I mean, what can you tell me about some of the work that you guys were doing? Cause we we've seen some of the video, there's been some, some news pieces locally done. What, what were you trying to, to accomplish with some of that stuff? Um, with AJ, if you watch the film, very, very solid, you know, North South runners, not afraid of the contact. He's heavy. He can take the hits. He feels good. So we worked on some of the simple things, some core strengthening stuff. We worked on a little bit more, you know, lateral agility and things like that with him as well. And then also, too, knowing what was going to be expected of him from the Packers coming in, um, you know, from a conditioning standpoint and things like that, making sure that him and the other guys, when they come in, you know, pass the conditioning tests with flying colors um, that the Packers going to ask them to do so that uh, there's just no real time loss for him. When you think of of trying to get you know some of these guys to improve, whether it's their foot quickness or their lateral agility, I mean, how much of a not just with with AJ but with any player is there a, a ceiling capped? I mean, I know that there are some varying ideas out there in sports science about yeah. what you can really wring out of a player in terms of trying to elevate their ceiling in those areas. For sure, it's definitely kind of a mix. Um, I think that, you know, what we even tell our young kids is we can make everybody that walks through our door faster, but we can't make everybody Usain Bolt, right? Um, but everybody right. has room for improvement. <laughs> we don't know exactly what that level of improvement is um, with everybody, and we see different levels of changes with everybody, but I'm, and I've been always a believer of this, that you can always make someone better. But I will also give you the flip side of that too. Um, a friend of mine is a strength coach for acquaintance of mine. Frank, we've known each other now for the last three, four years is a strength coach for the Denver Broncos. And I remember Lauren in an article had said, you know, you have a guy like, um, you know, a high end player that's a, a sack leader or whatever it may be. Um, you can, you don't want to, upset something that they do really really well already you know what i mean um mm -hmm. so you have yeah well to kind of tweak the machine a whole lot because if you got a guy that rushes for a thousand yards right um how much better do you how much better do you make him you take a guy like aaron Rodgers, who is one of the best quarterbacks to play how much do you experiment and you know try to tweak his game to make it even better you have to be a little cautious of that not to kind of upset that apple cart a little bit and change a player and make him something that he isn't you mentioned Aaron Rodgers uh you you also have uh, another quarterback for the Green Bay Packers in getting some work in I was actually just looking at yep. his measurables Jordan Love and was a little surprised um I had forgotten that he tested really well in, in some of the explosives and some of the straight line stuff at the combine yeah what was your initial uh reaction to him yeah, a little bit, uh, a little bit taller than what I expected um, coming in. No, um, very, very long and lean from from a limb standpoint. So arms and legs. Um, we got him out and had and did some running with with Jordan right away. And he, if you wouldn't have known who the guy was, you could almost swear he was a track athlete. I mean, his his stride no. and his running form um, were very, very smooth. Um, very, very smooth. There wasn't a whole lot to mess with there when we had him doing some just straight out run stuff. He jumped in on those 
on those things that we had him do, and it was very clean. Um, and Jordan really doesn't have a track background of, of a large extent, you know what I mean? So um, I thought that was very impressive when we saw him right away. And, and then with a quarterback, I mean, there has to be a balance, of course, of like there there's the quick twitch muscles that are part of the throwing motion. You also want the core strength. You need the lower body stuff. How do you how do you find that balance of trying to, to tweak these parts? As you said, you don't want to get him, you know, to, to be too tight in some area because you've tried to bulk up a little bit too much. I mean, it has to be a delicate balance, right? Yep. So with a guy like Jordan, you know, we knew we weren't going to have very long based on the time that he came into town before, you know, he was going to have to do stuff. So with a quarterback like that, I typically won't mess with mechanics at all. That's that's a little bit above my game. I leave that to the quarterback, you know, coaches and the quarterback gurus mm-hmm. that these guys work with. But knowing that that's the position that he's got to play, we will work on some of that core strengthening things. We'll also work on some of the deceleration type of movements, you know, using some things with some bands and some and med balls and stuff to help with the deceleration part from an upper body standpoint with him. Um, but that upper body, you know, we refer to it as like the thoracic area, which is that upper back, um, you know, just making sure that he has good mobility and movement through there. And those guys typically do, um, you know, otherwise they wouldn't have gotten to that level. We just want to make sure right. that we maintain that. One of the things that, that gets, uh, I think, overanalyzed when it comes to these these players and especially quarterbacks is their temperament. Can you give me a little yep. bit of insight on just the, the workout mentality of Jordan Love? Because I talked to his his coach at Utah State, and he said he's going to be a leader in the in the locker room. He's going to be a leader in the weight room, that he's going to be – yeah. You know that that kind of first one in, last one out kind of guy. Did you did you get that sense from him that he's someone who's like, give me what's next, let's do the next thing, let's do, yeah. let's make it harder, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and honestly, I kind of got that vibe from all of them, and I don't know if it was just because of the age of these guys coming in or the programs that they came for, but they really all jumped onto that onto that train for me really easy. I mean, it was kind of like you know not really questioning anything that we did. They they jumped in, they did stuff, they helped each other. Um, you know, they were willing to experiment with some, some different exercises and different moves and different training methodology that they've, you know, not done before. I mean, keeping in mind, these guys have been in the same program for three, four years. So there is a set way of doing some of that stuff. So now you come in with a guy like me who you've never met and you're putting your trust in, in, in us and our facility and myself that these are the things that we're going to ask you to do. And the guys did it, you know, I mean, they ask good questions um, you know, I'm, I'm all about open and honesty. So like, if you guys want to know why we do this stuff, you ask me, I'll tell you, we can, we can do that. So we've got good questions, good feedback from the guys, but yeah, they showed up, they were on time for their workouts. I didn't have to beg them to do anything. Um, and they're even doing things on their own, like outside of our building, these group of guys have gotten together, um, and done, you know, running sessions on, on fields, and have thrown together um, and taken that initiative upon themselves to do that. So uh, getting here early, they didn't need to do that, and they did. Yeah, you mentioned uh, right before we jumped on air that, that you also just got uh, Josiah DeGuara in the building, the third-round pick. Uh, I'll ask you the yeah. same question. What was your initial reaction uh, when you saw him? Because he's another guy who, you know, I think all three of these guys are, are guys you send off the bus first. Yeah, I mean, Josiah's, I would say – once you get to know him, he, he'll, he'll talk and he's really good that way, but he's a quieter kid. Um, you know, and I think that probably comes from family life. Just, he comes off as a very humble, thankful guy. Um, 
but he's one of those guys, he's going to come in and work for you, but you're definitely not going to hear him. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. He's just not the, he's not the loudest guy in the group, but kind of a lead by like, in my opinion, I think lead by doing example. Um, you know, we go through our workouts, do our stuff, and he still sticks around and does extra work on his own, which is, which is awesome to see. Um, and again, another one of those guys doing some things outside of the building in addition to the stuff that, we do inside as well. Um, so I've been super pleased with him. Like I said, I, he, I had him today in a, a one-on-one session and we just did some fine tuning things with the camp being pushed back a little bit. And, um, we got some really good work in, we're not killing the guys right now. We're not crushing them. It's just, I want them feeling good and fresh as they, as they go into camp. And he did exceptional. I know we have some some younger listeners in our audience, and, and we have some, plenty of parents in our audience as well. If yeah. you were going to give some advice to whether it's parents or, or those young athletes who are who are looking to to you know sort of upgrade their routine and, and can't you know get into your facility, what what advice would you offer them? I mean, one, you always have to look at yourself first. I think that's the first thing that we all do in all aspects of our life. We're always looking mm-hmm. for you know, someone else to bail us out of something. Right. And it doesn't matter if you're with the worst trainer in the country or the best trainer in the country, the end result is always going to base, you know, be based on the work that you put in. All right. So it's, it's got to start there. And then you find some people that maybe kind of will support you train along with you as well. And then find that person, whether it's a coach, a strength coach, whoever it is can put together a solid program for you to follow and stay committed to it. Um, that's a big one. And then not to, you know, overestimate or underlook the simple things that we can do. It's, you know, what kind of sleep do we get? What kind of stuff do we put into our body? Um, you know, everybody thinks it's all training all the time. Well, you can't train for an hour or two hours a day at high intensity and then leave and, um, you know, go eat and drink, uh, garbage and then stay up till 2am. You're going to defeat the purpose of all the work that you put in. So it's getting them to understand that it's, it's really kind of a complete package to get to where you want to be. I have to be honest, when I was playing high school football, I thought the point of all the work I was doing was that I could get McDonald's on the way home and stay up until whenever I wanted. That's not, that's not how that works. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> a lot of people still have that mindset, unfortunately. Yeah. So we're trying to get them to understand that sleep component and, you know, you can still do all those things, have a good time. You just have to, uh, you have to balance that out a little better. We, we see too many kids right now just pouring everything into one glass. You know what I mean? And they're forgetting about mm-hmm. the other three, four glasses that they have to put a little into as well. Well, and, and hoping that you can just pour it into one glass, right? And and whether it's, oh, I can just, I can take this protein shake or I can do th- just this thing and that's yeah. going to make everything all better. Like th- there's a lot of different levels. It's something that even just the average, if you're not training for anything, you know, you have to, you have to have this multifaceted approach to, to being healthy and staying healthy. Right. And we have that conversation with kids with the supplements. Cause that's a great, that's a great point. Kids will come in and they're like, Hey, what, what protein can I take or what supplement can I take? And before you even get to that point, you have to know what you're not getting, you know, like right. they're, they're overlooking the very first step. You may not need to you know, overload on protein. If you're getting enough protein in a normal diet, you may not need more, um, you know, vitamin D or vitamin E or calcium, whatever that may be to supplement. Um, if the diet looks good, if the diet is poor, then you evaluate it from there and find out what you're not getting or what your body is, you know, capable of taking. Um, what we've found out and I, and I have changed tremendously with this over the years too, is that 
just because something is good for you doesn't mean it's good for you, right? So something mm-hmm. that's good for you, my body might kick it back and reject because I've got yep. some sort of a, an allergy or reaction to. So we have to be really, really conscious as a case-by-case scenario with athletes. What's good for one person may not be good for the other. Well, and what's good for you isn't always also good for you. Just because something has a lot of vitamin C in it doesn't mean that it's good for you. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of traps you can fall into there too, right? Sure. Yeah. No fat, no sugar, you know, um, those are all things that we have to be smarter about doing. And unfortunately, like our youth kids, um, you know, we don't teach them those things. We don't teach them label reading and, and what these, you know, what the amount that your body requires at your age. Um, that's just stuff that we just go into the grocery stores or mom, you know, we grab out of the cupboard, the refrigerator with whatever mom and dad bought for us. Right. Um, so yeah. trying to educate our youth a little bit more on being more conscious and aware for yourself, for your health, rather than just relying on what's what's in a cabinet drawer when you open it up. Uh, how how cognizant are the are the rookies? You know when they come in co- the college programs. You know you said they're all different. College kids are used to sort of eating and drinking whatever they want, uh, especially guys yeah. that can do that. You know, there, yep. is there did, how how much do they seem to understand this this uh, nutritional piece? Um, I would say everybody's a little bit different. You'll see differences, sure. I think, from, you know, different schools, different size schools. You know, Division One is obviously different than Division Two and what they have access to. Um, we see a bigger difference in it, I would say, probably as guys spend more time in the league and understand it, right? So yeah. you're starting to see more of the nutritionists on staff with with sports teams we've seen more what we refer to now or as a lot of places refer to them as like fueling stations where they'll have things in the locker room at madison for the guys to make eggs make omelets um have protein bars um so i think today's athletes are coming out of it a little bit more conscious of it than what they were you know five or ten years ago you're seeing more training facilities across the country adding fueling stations to their companies. Yeah. So we're seeing that too. Well, this was great, Scotty. I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, you bet. I'm happy to. Anything that we can do to, you know, kind of expand our mission on, uh, you know, health and wellness and sports performance for kids from, you know, any age on up to this level and even below. um, That's been our goal for the 20 plus years that I've been doing this. And we want to continue that. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See FuelRewards.com slash FuelYourFandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long lasting battery powered or USB rechargeable one. The comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. 
one-up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. All right, I want to thank Scotty again for joining the show. I love the insight there. Uh, and, and I love the idea of sitting down and let's talk about what you want to do physically. How do you want to accomplish what you want to accomplish? Where do you need to get better? Where do you need the most improvement physically? Uh, on the football field, that's something that players think of all the time. But physically, maybe not the, the same kind of, of thought process. So just something that I thought was particularly interesting. With that one, I, I do want to mention before we get out of here that Mark Murphy in an interview yesterday said that the idea, at least for now, is to limit fans uh, at Lambeau Field under 15,000, so in that 10, 12,000 range. And I think that makes sense, at least for the moment, if you're able to socially distance, they're going to ask fans to wear masks. Uh, It's certainly a big enough stadium. The the data we have about outdoor transmission of COVID-19 is encouraging. Uh, I think it it may be uh, a little bit premature to make any final decisions on whether or not that's likely to happen. Uh, We've already heard that in places like New Jersey, you know, the Jets and the Giants, they're not going to have fans. And that decision has more or less been made at this point. So uh, I I wonder if the league is going to allow different teams to have different protocols on this. If the Packers would be allowed to have fans if other teams are not. Murphy also said that the Packers had experienced record revenues after 2019, half a billion in revenue, which would be a nice cushion to have if there are revenue problems as a result of the coronavirus, as a result of the the loss of revenue that the league is almost certainly going to have from not having fans in seats. And that can affect the salary cap, that can affect operating costs. I mean, the, the loss of revenue doesn't just affect salaries for players. The, the Green Bay Packers organization employs a huge swath of people from, you know, support staff, administrators, not just the, the people on the field. You're talking about a business that still needs to be run in addition to a football team that still needs to be run. So from that standpoint, there are a lot of jobs on the line here, and, and it's nice to see that Green Bay is going to have a little bit of a buffer to make sure that you know they don't have to to cut staff necessarily, or, or or they might have a little bit more leeway to say, okay, you know, guaranteed money is is easier to manage. It, it is no secret that one of the reasons the Raiders traded Khalil Mack was they had a cash flow problem, uh, and they were worried about putting all of that money that you need to put into escrow for a guaranteed contract uh, with Khalil Mack. The Packers, it has been speculated, could face similar types of issues because they're a small market team because they don't generate the same levels of revenue as everyone else even with revenue sharing and this is a good step for the packers to give themselves that buffer to be in good position moving forward all right we uh, i hope to have another interview tomorrow and i'm gonna save it in terms of teasing it until i know for sure that it's happening but it is uh, gonna be a fun conversation if we can get it and uh, I think give you some really good insight. It's, it, it's going to dovetail what we talked about today, but in a way that I don't think uh, we've really heard a lot about. And it's certainly not something that we've, we've talked about on this show a lot. So excited for that coming up. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. 
Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.